Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. And welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler. Talking money and investing... Yes, uh, always news coming out in this particular area. You know, it was quite the, uh, quite the week for, for stories and things that happen. I was having a conversation with a friend we were talking about. Well, you know, one of the things that keeps coming up over and over and again, and people get pulled off by this so many times, and it's frustrating for me, but you know, this is what we're here for. This is what I do this for, because I call it coaching. So coaching is, you know, as an old friend of mine says, what does a coach do? Guide, teach, provide discipline, get you to do stuff that you probably wouldn't do on your own. You know, so a lot of times it's coming in with information and, you know, as I was talking to a couple of guys at the station, they said, hey, you know, should we do more of this, more of that? And then I said, well, you know, the uh, we we're talking about interviews and doing week time, weekday type stuff. And I said, well, quite often what happens is that I only get calls to do interviews, quite frankly, when everything's falling apart, the stock market's falling apart. But that's when we need the discipline the most is because that's when we're so tempted to do these really bad things. And I was talking to somebody else in radio and we got into that same type of conversation. And one of the comments that I made was that, yeah, it's a lot of times the only time that, you know, we actually, I'll get called up. It was when I did TV and did radio and did, you know, especially TV, this was really is whatever's news, the sky falling, you know, Hey, let's do an interview. The sky's falling and the whole world's falling apart it's time to do an interview. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, great, you know. And, and I made the comment. I says, you know, when you had periods of time, and I was talking about one period of time, literally from you know, late uh, or early, excuse me, and I guess it was late. It was mid, mid-March, mid-March, March 10th to be exact, which was the market low in 2009 to the end of the year. If you were well diversified, your portfolio is up like 90%. In that range, if it was, you know, the way I prescribed on the show for many years, it was up that much. So you look at that and go, wow, did I get any calls for interviews then? And the answer would be no, no calls for interviews whatsoever when the market was up that much. But it was always when it's down 20. And then, you know, of course, what that does is it reminds people even more of the bad that's going on. Oh, Paul's on again. Everything must be falling apart. <laughs> and... To me, that is, it's a challenge because, you know, for me going on and doing nothing but talking about when things are bad makes it sound like that's nothing you ever see because the only time you hear from me. But that is why we do it. That is why I spend so much time educating when markets are down is because that is when you're tempted to go and shoot yourself in the foot and blow up your portfolio. It's like the firefighter example I like to use. You know, firefighters, they may be out there playing softball. They may be out there, you know, playing basketball or they may be doing something, you know, out there shooting, having fun and, and playing around. But when the fire starts, 
that's when they show up. And that's what we call them for. That's what we want them for is they're going to show up when everything is falling apart. You know, so what happened with gold is that, you know, you hear people talking about, you know, all the political instability and the economic climate. And I was looking at, you know, these platforms, online platforms, and watching people talk about Hey, man, you know, you need to be investing in crypto. This is why you need to be investing in one person goes, and I'll just paraphrase, the stock market's getting ready to crash. Look at what's going on. Nobody's buying these vehicles and nobody's, and they're talking about this two brand, these two brands of vehicles that nobody's buying because nobody can afford them. And I'm just sitting there shaking my head going, yeah, you know, look at the data on market timing and you may be less <laughs> than impressed. You know, the, the study of the 90 pension plans that every one of them tried market timing, not one of them increased returns, not one of them increased returns as a result of their efforts to market time. Then you get the studies of fund managers and how they do versus the market. And it's bad. It's really bad. You know, the data is well less than 10% for most asset categories over 15 years had higher returns than the market. In other words, they couldn't figure out when to get in, when to get out. And then you see the data on individual investors and, you know, picking companies and moving money and, and tactical asset allocation. And it's lower returns, more risk. That's what you see all the time. And you just go, well, wait a minute. At what point do we just recognize that we don't have the ability to do this? And then somebody's bringing up gold. And then I, I was making a comment. I said, hey, you know, that's really great. You know, gold. Uh, I, I had one person that call up and said, ah, you know, I'm so scared about the stock market. I'm just moving everything into gold. And I'm like, yeah, good luck with that. And did it. And then what, the, what happened is from that point on, the stock market went up and gold went down. And it wasn't just a little. It went down a lot. It was, you know, like 10, 10 20%, something like that. And I shake my head and go, you know, it's funny because that person will never call me again. And it may be just because of sheer embarrassment, you know. And, and folks, you, we make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. And it's so hard to just go, hey, you know what? Uh, it was like, you know, I was wrong. <laughs> Reminds me of that old scene in Happy Days. Those of you that are too young to remember Happy Days, it was the best show ever. Go back to the 1970s. It was set in the 50s, and, you know, Fonzie and Richie and, you know, all, the, all these characters. It was a great show, but there was one show where Fonzie was, like, the cool guy, of course. And he, you know, he could rap the, rap the, uh, the, the record player and, and, you know, the jukebox, and it would turn on. And, and, you know, he would always be the cool guy, but one time... There was something he was really wrong, and he had the hardest time admitting it. And he couldn't even say the word wrong, right? <laughs> he couldn't even get the word out. Uh, but, you know, so that it's so hard. But the reality of it is everybody in this listening audience, <laughs> I mean, you may have your dog listening, but we're all human. I mean, everybody makes mistakes, and you just recognize that, you know what? It is so easy to get pulled in by bad information and bad news. And then what ends up happening 
is we end up with a huge mistake and then you just got to go, okay, you know what? I'm just never going to do that again. And, and I'm just not going to go down that road. And so if you ever get in that position, don't ever hesitate to call us back up. If, if we told you to do something and you didn't listen, makes you normal. That's, that's what people do. But it was interesting because this whole thing that was being talked about was gold. And, you know, the price of gold, when the stock market goes down, gold goes up. That was the whole idea behind it. And if you have that type of a situation, what you have is a correlation of negative one, if that were to be indeed true. So, in other words, if the stock market goes down and gold goes up all the time, and then when the stock market goes up, gold goes down the other direction, that is a negative one correlation, if that were the case. So I asked Scott in the office up here in Goodlessville, I said, hey man, just run me a correlation matrix on gold and stocks. So we ran something from January 1st, 1980 through 1231 of 2022, and looked at the gold spot price, and compared it against, I just said, don't even bother diversifying, just put in the S&P 500 and just, just to make the point, okay? And he did that. The correlation, then he ran a couple other asset categories as well, but he ran the correlation between gold and the S&P 500. It was 0 0.053. 0 0.053. Uh, it doesn't get much closer to non-correlated than that. Uh, if you look at the Fama French U.S. Small Value Research Index, you know, small companies, small value companies, different asset category, whole different area of the market, it was 0.037. So in other words, if you're looking at gold and saying, hey, when the stock market goes down, gold goes up and that's going to protect me, perish the thought. It's non-correlated. You know, so you can't look at that. And, and it was even lower for large value stocks. The correlation was even lower for large value companies. It was 0.02. You know, so you look at that and go, wow. And, you know, what happens is so often you see advertisements out there on TV and, and other places. And they're, they're saying things that just aren't true. But a lot of times the people advertising just don't know it. And, you know, they'll say, you know, they'll talk about that economists think you ought to do this. And and I say, don't even listen to economists. Now, listen to them sometimes because there's some really great things. And there, there's a lot of good stuff that comes out of economists. But the one area that I have a beef with economists is predicting markets and predicting, you know, how to you know, best handle markets and what's going to happen next. When they start talking in that way. And there are, you know, the, like the guy I studied under Gene Fama, uh, he, was, he was adamantly against ever trying to predict what was going to happen next. He just said, don't, don't try. It's, it's a waste of time. But there was a one, that one study I like to talk about where the economists were predicting interest rate direction. You got a 50-50 shot. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. And like 60 to 70% of the economists, when they were surveyed, got the direction wrong. They got the, the direction wrong. I mean, you got a 50-50 shot. I think it's going to go up. I think it's going to go down. And they blew that. And what happens is they don't recognize that it's just a guess. It is a guess. And, you know, if you look at 
you know, when we talk about stocks going up and, and, you know, stocks going down and gold going up, you know, you literally had from, oh, it was from like 2000, the year 2000, when I opened this company till now, there have been six years where the S&P 500 went down. And half the time, gold went down with it. You know, so you look at that and go, well, that, that's not so hot either. And the other point I always make about gold is that, you know, back in, in uh, 1900, you could buy a good men's suit for an ounce of gold, right? You hear me say that. Buy a good men's suit for an ounce of gold. Now you buy a good men's suit for an ounce of gold. When you look back in 1900, what was gold selling for? It was about $21, just shy of $21 an ounce. And you go, okay, so, you know, you could buy in, in 1900 a good men's suit for 21 bucks. I mean, that just shows you the depreciation and the purchasing power of the dollar, right? That's a good education in inflation and the dollar going down. Well, what if you had looked at, well, the S&P 500, we don't really have data going back to, we got some data, you know, Wharton School has some data going back further than that on stocks in general, but it's not great data. The really, really good data on stock markets goes back to 1926. And you got the Ibbotson data, Ibbotson and, and uh, Sinkfeld and, and, you know, stocks, bonds, bills, and inflation. Sinkfeld is one of the guys that I got to uh, follow around the country quite a bit where he was teaching. Fascinating guy, really cool guy. But anyway, what happened was um, they, you look at the data on that and say, well, what if I had put $21 and I couldn't start in 1900, but I started in 1926. In the S&P 500, I just captured the return of the S&P 500 you know, no expenses, no management fees, just just the return of the market, just to to use that as an example. What did that grow to? It's almost 300,000 versus what's gold at? Less than two. So you look at that and go, wow, big, big difference between those two. And what happens, though, however, is we get sucked into this idea that gold is an alternative currency and it's great and it's a protector against inflation. But if you look at its movement versus inflation, again, it's not really correlated. The worst inflation we ever had in the country was in the 1980s and gold actually went down. So when it's supposed to go up, it went down. You know, hence... This is why one of the things I just tell people when you hear people, you know, doing this, you know, just plug your ears and go la 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 la. It's bad information, but it sells gold. And the people that make lots of money are those market makers. You know, you think, well, they're selling because everything's gonna fall apart, as I often like to say, everything's gonna fall apart, but yet they're willing to take your dollars for their gold. If they really believed their message, they would hang on to their stinking gold for dear life. And they wouldn't be selling it to you. So, hence, this is one of those things that I have to get on every once in a while and really make people aware that this is not good investing information. It's really bad stuff. Hey guys, if you want specific advice for your unique situation, Schedule a free 15-minute phone chat with one of our trusted advisors by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. We don't sell any products and our advisors don't make any commissions, so this isn't a sales call. We have a coaching process that helps you understand investing and relax about money. Don't put blind trust in anyone with your financial assets. 
We want to partner with you in the process so you know what you're doing and why. We manage assets on a fee-only basis, which means that when you do well, we do well, which aligns our interests with yours from the start. We also bring you into the financial planning process that gives you a clear plan so you can find the freedom to pursue your purpose. All our advisors are degreed planners too, with years of experience. So schedule a free 15-minute phone call with an advisor by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. So, as the eternal optimist, I am uh, fascinated by there's a race to build a better air conditioner. I thought this was interesting. Wall Street Journal, air conditioners make people cooler and the world hotter. A slew of startups are starting, are launching new products to break that cycle. I mean, you stand by an air conditioner in the summer and it's kicking all the hot air from your room out into the outside, right? I don't know how much of a big deal that is, but somebody must think it's a big deal. Uh, just a week into summer, heat waves are causing a surge in electricity demand across the U.S., in part to power ACs, the startups say highly efficient ACs can help ease the strain on the electric grid and help it withstand sizzling temperatures. I guess you'll need that if you're going to have too many electric cars. You need more all the electric grid that you can get, right? Uh, companies and they're they're putting this stuff out, and you know, again, I don't know how to even name the companies just simply because some people will go, "Hey, man, I think I need to invest in these companies." No, that's not the point of this show. It's not to invest in individual stocks because that's a big waste of time. Because you're basically buying companies that are selling for about what they're worth, and you're hoping that they're going to have a higher return than the market, and we know what the we, we know what the data is on that. But anything anyway, it's just talking about they're looking at trying to capitalize on a wave of government regulation. Now, this to me is important because you think about when you have government regulation, you think, oh my goodness, government regulation is going to cause all kinds of trouble, but it actually it causes all kinds of economic activity. Now, I'm not here telling you this is great, this is bad, but the reality of it is, is all, all of a sudden, if you have the government saying, you got to do this and you better do it this particular way, now people have to spend money that they wouldn't have spent before. And what are they going to spend it on the new products that actually meet the government regulations? And then who makes money? The companies that are putting this stuff out. What do we own when we own stocks? We own the companies that are coming out with these new better things. And quite frankly, if you look back through history, I mean, you can make a case and I've seen economists make a case, uh, you know, pretty uh, convincingly, and I've and I've looked at it, the data myself, and, and there's something to this, that a lot of times this, these new innovations that come out are way the heck better than the stuff we had before. I mean, really, I, I look back to leaded gasoline versus unleaded gasoline as as one example. You know, and then they're saying, no, you can't have that stuff anymore. And then, of course, what ends up happening is we could just get better cars. And, and you know, there was, uh, but, you know, sometimes it can go the other way, right? I mean, if you own a lawnmower and you're dealing with ethanol and your gas and your small engine, you know, you know, anything it's used, whether weed eaters or, or you know, trimmers and, and blowers or anything like that. And small engines can get really messed up. So it can it can operate both ways. Uh, but anyway, so if, this is what's happening is they're coming out with these new air conditioners that could actually and what they're doing is they're reducing humidity, which I think is a fascinating way to do this. 
they're cooling the air and reducing the humidity, and they think that the biggest efficiency gains can be made by changing the way ACs reduce humidity in the air. So that is coming, and, and I just, I think what caught my attention about this article and why I wanted to bring it to your attention is I am eternally fascinated by just how people come up with solutions to problems. And my point is always that I'll hear people doom and gloom. It's terrible and things are awful and it's going to get worse before it gets better. And then I see a company motivated by capitalism, motivated by profit motive, and then they come out with something that is really cool and you know, eventually you're going to want it. I talked about a couple weeks ago that, that uh, flying car, a flying car that got FAA approval. Now, it's $300,000 right now. A lot of people aren't going to be able to afford that. There's some people that are going to afford it, and some people are going to be looking over their head and going, wow, that's really cool. And then eventually what happens is it increases demand, and then there's more competition, and then you have more companies have FAA approval. And all of a sudden, now you have people flying cars all over the place. It'll eventually happen. And they'll have air conditioners that cool them in a much more efficient manner as well. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there. And if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors. And confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.